Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studio in Cumming, Georgia, it's time for Simon Says Let's Talk Business 2.0. Now, here's your host, Gary Zermelin. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Simon Says Let's Talk Business 2.0 radio show. Uh, on this show, we talk with high-performing business professionals to sharpen our skills, learn new ideas and concepts, share best practices, and get to know really smart people. So listen carefully, take notes, and look for their contact information at the end so that you can engage with them. As always, we will conclude with a sales tip from me at the very end. Today we have... Uh, two amazing companies. We have American Property Restoration, and we also got 360 Pest Consulting here with us today. Uh, we're going to start off with the American Property uh, Restoration with uh, Andrea uh, Cordone, and she's going to talk a little bit more about that company. But before you do, tell us a little bit about yourself, Andrea. Um, a little bit? Okay. <laughs> That's a loaded question to ask a woman, but I will go for it. Um, so I was... Born in Guatemala, lived in the U.S., moved to Spain for a few years, and I'm back to the United States, and I'm happy to say I really love it, and I really love Georgia, so I've fallen in love with it. Oh, I, I, I came up with, perfect, too. You do probably a lot of business for yeah, what lots, you do. Lots of business in this wonderful, humid climate. So yeah, yes. I would think so. Just for our guests to know, uh, American Property Restoration is a full-service disaster restoration company. Yep. It's delivering 24-7 emergency response uh, with very sm swift remedi remediation results to residential, commercial, uh, industrial, and even government properties. They're kind of an A to Z company. Absolutely. Uh, being really, you know, for general contact, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're there for restoration, their property back to normal once you have that problem, those types of things. Yep. Uh, tell us a little bit more about that. Uh, well, for me, I've often worked, a lot of people ask, how is it you got into restoration? Um, I've done a lot of nonprofit work, and people don't always connect the two. So, obviously, I'm not the person you want to talk to because that means that you've got water damage in mm -hmm. your home or your house was on fire or a tree fell on it or there's mold in your house. However, at some point, you're going to have to get that taken care of. So, for me, when I came across this opportunity I was like, okay, it's not nonprofit because there's not a lot in nonprofit at the moment. I was like, but it is still helping people. Uh, so in my mind, that made sense to me. So I got into it. I loved it. I fallen in love with it. I'm learning about mold every day. Uh, you know, for example, black mold is not black. It's green. I'm learning all about water damage. And strangely enough, that is really exciting to me <laughs> to yeah. learn about all these different processes that people go through. And more often than not, these commercial buildings and residential homes you end up having a lot of people who have this problem. People assume that it doesn't happen often or it happens, you know, that it's on a rare occasion. But unfortunately, that is not always the case. So we come in and we get to help people. Yeah, that's one of those things that we don't hope that we have to call you, but we're glad right. that you're there <laughs> when we do need to call you. It, so are people calling you when it's a mm, flooding or maybe there's fire or is it mold or is it all three of those things? So there's a couple of different calls we'll get. We'll get one where there's an emergency. There's been a huge storm. A tree falls on a house. Mm. Um, there's water coming in. There's a fire. Uh, the fire firemen have come out. They've done their job. And thank you to all firemen out there who are listening. They've done their job, but now there's all the cleanup afterwards. Um, then we also get calls where people aren't sure 
they're concerned. Mm, it looks like there's a leak on the wall. Uh, my nose has been scratchy a lot. I don't normally have allergies. We'll come in and we'll test the quality of the air or we'll start checking for moisture in the wall. So those are the kind of calls we get. It's either people who are in a panic, um, which we're, we're happy to take those calls because then we can explain things, or people who are just kind of not sure they're on the fence and they know something's not, not right in, in their office building or at their home, and we come in and we do a free estimate and kind of check out and see what's going on to kind of get them at that starting base to figure out what they need to do next. You know, I'm kind of thinking about this, uh, my home insurance, it would, would that be something that it would cover or, or not if there was mold found in, in my home or maybe in commercial no, absolutely. Absolutely. We work directly with the insurance company. So something that a lot of people don't realize, uh, whether it's your residential home or even your, your, your office space, if you own a commercial or, or, or even a strip mall, right? They assume that when they call their insurance company that they have to use whatever, whatever adjusters or whatever estimators or whatever company that they send out. And that's not the case at all. It is actually your legal right to choose who you want to work with. And I think that's really empowering for people to know in a situation where they're already overwhelmed and they're already stressed, what do we all need? We need to feel empowered in stressful and difficult situations. So you can choose who you want to do restoration work or general contract work on your home. Simply, we go to your insurance company, we give them our estimate, and they approve or disapprove. And, of course, you know, we've been in the business almost 75 years combined with everybody at work. So we know the right estimations to give. Yeah, see, that kind of surprises me. I would think that, you know, when we have an insurance problem with my car or whatever it is, they usually tell me to go to a certain place to get it done. And I always felt that, well, I have to do that because that's where they're telling me to go if I want it to get fixed. But in reality, that's not the case. It's that completely I can different with your home and with your office buildings. It's totally different policies. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's really good to know. Yeah. And why would they want to go with you versus what maybe the insurance company is recommending? Well, because we're wonderful people. No, they want to go with us. We are, we are, the crew is great. I absolutely love everybody I work with. Um, our mold guy, he don't, don't even ask him one question about mold. He won't stop. He's very passionate about what he does and he's really good at it. But I would say go with us. Aside from the fact that we are phenomenal at re- remediation work, um, our work is quality. A lot of times people will get uh, people coming and doing fogging to get rid of mold, and that actually doesn't help. The mold just attaches temporarily to something different, and then it returns. So we actually use a serum um, to get rid of our molds. So that's a, a little more professional than using fog. But we're also an A to Z company. So what that means is we're general contractors. So when people get restoration work done, what does the word restoration mean to you? Yeah, I mean, sometimes I need it after my teenagers have completely uh, <laughs> ruined. <laughs> I can I can find you a good counselor for that yeah, one. I don't yeah. know if we can I don't know if we can help get you know do the remediation on the teenager, but we could try. You never know. You send them to work with us for a little bit, get them out of your hair. But when we res- the definition of restoration is to return something to its former condition, right? So as a restoration company, that would be the objective, right? That if you're a restoration company and you go in to do restoration work, that you're returning that building or that home to its former condition. However, the majority of restoration companies, they go in, they do the remediation, they remove the water damage, they remove the mold, they remove the fire damage, and then they hand it back to you and go, okay, now you've got to get somebody to come and build your wall, your roof, maybe if you had flooring that had to come up because there was mold under it, then you have to go look for somebody else. However, with American Property Restoration, A to Z company again, we are general contractors, so when we remove that damage that's been under your house, we then rebuild your wall, 
we put your roof back, we put your flooring back. If you had a kitchen, if you had tiling, we put the tiling back, we put the cabinets back, we rebuild everything. So that's a de-stressor for a situation that's already very stressful. So that's the reason I always tell people, absolutely come to us because it's just it's just a, a, a one call. One it's call. not, you know, five or six calls and you don't know, you know, who's coming in your door or not. You've already become familiar with us and we can continue to build directly to your insurance company. Yeah, I always have a problem using different vendors because one always blames the other one for the problem. Yes, yes. And, and then they don't take any of the responsibility for it. But in this case, since you're doing it from soup to nuts, you're doing the whole thing, you know, you can't do that. You're going to say, oh, yeah, we're going to make sure this gets done. And then you don't get stuck in the middle of that of that disagreement. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You don't want to do that. Um, how, how do you stand out, in your opinion, you know, from other people in your business? Is there something that makes you a little bit your secret sauce, so to speak? Absolutely, absolutely. I think that, you know, we care about what's happening in the moment. We're very aware of the emotional factor that's involved. It's not just about rebuilding a home or rebuilding, you know, a building. There's a huge emotional factor. I mean, we have clients call all the time, even in between all the work, just worried, wanting to know where it's at. And we always take that time. I think that in any industry, whatever you do in life, if you're not taking the time to actually care about what's happening, you know, on the other side of your client's life, you know, it's, it's, it's a personal situation. If it's your home, you're going to lose photos. You're going to lose furniture, things that you've been collecting. If it's your building, if you're, if, if you own the building as a business owner, you know, that that's still a loss. That's still an emotional loss. So I think that we stand out in that way because when people call Alicia, she's wonderful. Crystal's wonderful. Al's wonderful. We just say, how are you doing? You know, and mm-hmm. when we ask it, we actually mean it. You know, not just stay, hey, have a good day, have a nice day, how are you doing today? I think we stand out in that way. A lot of times people call too and they're like, oh, I've got a little bit of water here. If, if it's a job that, that's not very big, if we come out as a restoration company, the charge is going to be really high. But if we think that you can go to Home Depot and rent a drying machine, we're going to tell you, go to Home Depot, call us back. We've done this a bazillion times. Call us back. We'll walk you through how to do the dry out in your basement because you don't actually need us for that. You don't even need to bill your insurance company. You don't even need to do any of that. Just go get a dryer. They're incredibly cheap to rent. A couple of days, dry it out, and then it's done. And then we recommend go find out why there was moisture. Mm-hmm. Get a plumber out there. Call us back if there's an issue. So, what, what do I need to be looking for? I mean, I may have mold in my house right now, and I don't even know. I Probably because you're in Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> We're in Georgia, so yeah. we cannot we yeah. cannot pretend like yeah. there's not mold. I tell people, you can't close your eyes and yeah. do not paint over it. Please do not paint uh. over it. Um, ways that you can pick up mold, it's going to first start with water. So mold happens because of water, right? Or poor if you don't have good, um, if the air quality in your house is not good. So ways that you can see that is if you see like drips coming down the wall. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously if you see black speckles, if they're on the baseboards of your kitchen and bathroom, 100%, there's something going on in your crawl space, right? So that tells us it's coming from the bottom up, bottom, okay. right? So if you see the speckles at the top, it's coming from the top down. So if you have speckles just around your air vents, generally you can clean those off. That's just moisture from cooking or moisture from the bathroom. So you want to just get a better uh, dehumidifier in your house. But if you're having itching and scratching, then you probably have high levels of mold. But if you have water drips or water stains on the ceiling or the wall, what we would do, we would come out and we would do a moisture test. No, you cannot touch your wall to see if there's moisture. It's behind the wall. So we actually come out with equipment to find out. And then from there, that tells us, okay, there is moisture in the wall. There's possibly going to be mold behind that if it's been growing. Because it only takes 72 hours for mold to start growing. 
So wow, it's real yeah. quick then. Quick stuff. Yeah. And the health effects are really bad. I mean, it can be very serious. Absolutely. 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 So you got to jump on it. You got if you think you have it, you can call us. It's again, it's a free estimate. It doesn't it doesn't hurt you any. That gives you a starting point to know what potentially is going on or what you need to prevent so you don't have to call us, you know, down the road to come yeah. out and do a bigger job. Let's talk a little bit about that. You know, what are some advice that you would give for, you know, building, you know, or homeowners or, or things like that to be preventative or? Preventative, um, just keep make sure that the air flows on. If it's a high humidity day, kick your air conditioning on, even if it's just the fan, you know, get the AC going because that cold air filtering through the house kind of helps control and maintain some of that moisture you know on those hot days when you cook when you take a shower turn that vent on you know don't don't not turn it on turn that vent on because it's going to suck up some of that steam that's coming from that shower from or from you know from your cooking pot so I think little things like that help if you have a leak if you notice a leak under your sink or a leak outside um, look into it right away don't ignore it don't just go "Ah, it's just a little leak turn it off because little leaks water is an incredible, incredible source. It's an incredible element. Water finds its way through everything. You can have the thinnest, tiniest little crack that nothing can get through, and water will find its way through it. So water, water is pretty amazing. There's no stopping it. There's no stopping it. So if you have a leak of any kind, any sort, especially your crawl space, do not ignore those crawl spaces because that mold will start coming up into the house. So just just be aware. Just, you know, keep tabs on, on, your, on your area. You know, if you have an office building, if you've got ceiling spots in your office building, that's coming from your roof. So you definitely want to find out why that spot's on the ceiling immediately because it could be something small. Ta- don't close your eyes. Take care of it then, mm-hmm. um, and then it's done because if you don't take care of it, it will become something bigger. Yeah, that's what we don't want is uh, catch it while it's in its beginning stages, not at the end. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, If someone has a problem, uh, how long does it take to fix something like this? I'm sure it's different for every case, but it's it's something that do you have to leave the house while it's being worked on? Do you? Again, it depends. You know, if it's, uh, for example, remediation in one room of the house, you can still continue living in your house. You know, we would just, we would cover things up. So when you remove mold, everything has to be covered because when you open those walls, those spores are, are it's a free-for-all, you know. Mm-hmm. So we do definitely cover everything up or if you prefer everything removed from the home. So it completely depends on the job. You know, if it's a fire job, most likely you're already out of, of the home or of the building uh, why we go in and we get rid of the toxins and the chemicals that have spread throughout the building or the home. But that just really depends on job to job. You know, the, the hope is that it's small enough that you can remain living in your home, but we can get things done in a matter of days, a matter of weeks, depending on the, the square footage. I mean, we've done, you know, 19 floor hotels where the water start from the top down, mm. you know, and then we've done bathrooms. So it just depends on the scope of the job for sure. Yeah. What about that fire smell? I mean, you, you, you know, is that even something that can be removed? Absolutely. Really? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, we use air scrubbers. They're called air scrubbers. I'll let you I'll let you imagine what that might look like, but yeah, we use air scrubbers to go in and get out cuz that smell is chemical and toxin. It's not just yeah. cuz something was burnt. So we do go in and we use air scrubbers to get every, everything out. And again, fire damage, you're going to need to rebuild uh, whatever section of the house or whatever section of the building that the fire has already destroyed. So we are again A to Z. We can go in and we can rebuild that once we've gone in and gotten all the all the chemicals out of out of the air, off the walls. I mean, a lot of times people assume, well, that room's fine. Mm-hmm. There's no smoke in there. But it doesn't mean the chemicals didn't travel into that room, and there's ways to test for that. So. Okay, so you test for all those things. So Absolutely. when you're going back into the home, you know it's safe yes. and that you can breathe this. Or Absolutely, yeah. Does that Absolutely. 
I guess that would help with resale value as well. I mean, yes. you know, <laughs> I, I never thought about that. You know, when you're selling your house, you have to you have to tell if they had a fire. Yep, absolutely. And then you're able to say, I had a certified company come okay. in. Because a lot of people, you know, again, a lot of people try to do things themselves. Um, but then you can say, I had a certified company come in and, and remove all of the damage, remove all the chemicals, remove all the toxins, get rid of all the, you know, all the, all the like you said, the, the smell that gets that gets left there. So Another reason to be working with American property. Absolutely. <laughs> another reason. Absolutely. Yeah, we, know, yeah. we know our stuff. We know our stuff. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. Before you go, uh, why don't you share with um, our guests uh, your contact information, if there's a phone number or, or an email or something like that, that they should be able to reach out to see if they got you on their, maybe their speed dial? Yeah, absolutely. If you want to stop by for any reason uh, to take a tour of of all of our machinery, we have snail and squirrel machines, and I'm not going to tell you what that is. You're going to have to call me to ask what a snail machine is. Uh, we are at 715 Beaver Ruin Road in Lilburn, Georgia, 30047. If anybody wants to give a call, if you have any questions about anything, you can call at 770-733-3584. If you want to email, you can email me directly at A-N-D-R-E-A-C at A-P-R-Cat.com. Andre, it was great having you on the show yeah, today. And I hope so our guests much. never have to call it. you, but I if they do, <laughs> I know they're going to be in so really do. good hands Absolutely. with Absolutely. you guys all the way from A to Z. You're going to help them. And I think that's fantastic. You know, there's companies like you out there. Absolutely. Uh, we can all sleep a little bit better uh, knowing because, well, Mold happens, right? Things mold happen. happens, and it's Georgia, so mold absolutely happens. But thanks for having me on. This was great. Great. Fantastic. Now, we have our second guest today, and this is going to be a lot of fun, too, folks. Uh, this is 360 Pest Consulting, and we have uh, Shell Hartzer, who's going to be talking with us a little bit more about that. Uh, kind of give you guys a, a feeling. Uh, they are 360 Pest Consulting provides technical services to small and mid-sized pest control companies that don't have their own full-time Etymologist and training staff. Uh, they provide expert technical knowledge and training so pest control companies can improve their service, gain happier customers, and retain employees longer so their company can continue to grow and expand. So you're very much involved in businesses growing and expanding and all that. Shell, before we talk more about tell us a little bit about yourself and how did you become an etymologist? I mean, how did that come to be? Oh, gosh, I don't, I don't know. It was a series of happy accidents. Um, I switched my major halfway through college, and my very first entomology class just fell in love with it. There's, there's so much cool stuff when it comes to insects. Uh, did some graduate work and was actually in the agricultural sector doing graduate work, um, which I found out that I wasn't too thrilled with. Um, and then actually, uh, through a, another series of happy accidents, went into research and was working with uh, food processing companies. So I was working, I was doing research in a lot of flour mills and doing packaging research. You wouldn't believe how much science goes into the packaging that your food is in to, uh, you know, part of that reason is to prevent insects from penetrating into that, except for bags of flour. We still sell bags of flour in paper bags. I don't get it, but... Um, you know, think of your granola bars and your cereals and how that's packaged. And a lot of that is so insects can't get into it. And from there, I uh, actually went uh, from a full-time research, doing research for the USDA and a university, into the industry and worked for the largest pest control company in the U.S. and now working for my small and mid-sized companies. Well, congratulations to you on that. 
And you know, tell me a little bit about that. So you're, you're working with small businesses um, to mid-sized businesses, uh, pest control companies and things of that nature. So what do you do for them? Yeah, so these smaller companies don't have the resources that the big folks have. You know, they don't have that full-time entomologist on staff. They don't have somebody to troubleshoot the problems, train their staff. So they're, they're just not big enough to need somebody full-time yet. So I come in with a series of packaging, depending on, on how big they are and what their needs are, and devise basically a package to meet the scale that they're at and give them those resources that help them do a better job, that help them solve those pest problems faster for their customers. If we make the customers happier, they refer more, the employees are happier, they get more business, and the companies continue to grow until they're ready for that full-time person. Yeah, I like that. So kind of a fractional thing. You know, Absolutely. you're going in there and you're helping them get to that next place yeah. where they, they, they can bring in someone full time. And these little critters can get, uh, they, they can be a little bit challenging, right? And so if you're using something on them, it may not last forever. Or maybe that team is, is trying and using chemicals that aren't working. Uh, you would help with that as well. Absolutely. And, you know, pests are, pests are tricky little buggers. Um, they, they like to evade us. And so we run into situations sometimes or accounts sometimes that just are a little bit different and that are causing problems. And to troubleshoot that, to put the, the practices in place and use the right products and the right means to mitigate those pest issues – if we can do that faster, again, happier customers, and we solve that problem faster because these pests are impacting our health, they're impacting our structures, they're impacting our food. And so as pest control companies, they are protecting people's health. Think of things like mosquitoes and ticks that carry tons of diseases. They're protecting the food supply by preventing the rats and the, the flies from being in there. And protecting structures. Termites cause billions of dollars of damage every year. So, you know, pest control operators are, are really superheroes, and I get to help them do their job a little bit better. And you could probably save some millions of dollars. I think I was reading in the paper not long ago where there was some kind of uh, uh, plant that had rats that were getting in there into the product, and uh, they had to completely close down and deal with that problem, and the product couldn't go out, and I'm sure that cost them pretty penny. Oh gosh, from start to finish, it's going to cost them multiple millions of dollars. They had to recall product. They had to shut down. um, They had to do uh, obviously additional treatments. And yes, it's, it's a whole long saga. So if you let pest problems get significantly bad, you know, the, the cost of, of remediation and restoration on that, um, you know, is, is extensive when you could have put preventative plans in place to start with and dealt with those problems when they were still small and manageable. So, yeah, that's that's hopefully where I can come in and help these folks make sure that we solve those problems fast. Yeah, get ahead of it. Absolutely. Absolutely get ahead of it. Uh, let's say they have a staff. Um, I'm guessing, you know, these pest control companies, they have to do so many you know, CPEs or so many credits every year to keep up with what's going on. Um, is that something you help them out with as well? Absolutely. So training is so important. I mean, when you think of it, our pests have been around for thousands, if not millions of years. They haven't changed too much, but our means of dealing with them, the products that we have are constantly changing. The science that we know is constantly changing. So by providing that updated training and that continuous training, 
We make sure that their employees are up to date and, again, able to put the best practices in place. And pest control companies have to be licensed, um, and there are usually licensed operators and technicians. So in order to keep their license active, like you said, they need those continuing education units. So we will work with them and work with the states that they are licensed in to make sure that we keep their credits up to date so their licensing stays active. Since you, you're an expert in all of this, a subject matter expert, if I'm looking for a pest control company, and there's a lot of them out there, big companies, mm-hmm. smaller companies, uh, what should I be looking for? Who should I be considering? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so recommendations are always great. You know, I always encourage people to, to talk to their neighbors, talk to their friends if they've had good experience, because if you've had a good experience with your pest control company, that says a lot about them. You want to make sure that they're licensed and insured. Uh, there are some companies, unfortunately, that try and fly under the radar and don't get their, their state certifications, and we don't want that. We want to make sure that they're licensed, that they're insured. And, you know, whether you want one of the big-name companies that, that has a big brand behind it or you want to support one of your local folks, um, you know, talk to them. They should be able to come in and do an evaluation. If anybody comes to your door or just says, you know, calls you up on the phone and says, we can offer you pest control services for X amount, they haven't even looked at your house. How do they know what's going on? They haven't even looked at your business and what you may produce there or do there. So if you don't know what's going on, how can you even start to offer a service? So make sure that they're going to come. They're going to look around, do an inspection, and give you a customized plan that's going to fit your location, whether that's a business or a home. They should be able to give you that inspection and tell you what you need instead of just, hey, we can offer you this for 50 bucks a month. What about human safety? I mean, chemicals, things like that. I think there's a lot of people about uneasy about putting any of these things in our home or around our children and stuff like that, but we don't want the pests. Uh, what do you recommend or what, what do we have to say about that? Uh, you can so when I switched my major in college, the first thing I did is I swore I would never work for a pest control company because <laughs> all they did was spray all this nasty chemicals. And then went on to work for the largest pest control company in the U.S. But what I learned, and especially working uh, with food processing, is that pest control is really not about the products. It's about the preventative aspects. And one of the things I love about my job is that it's very much problem-solving. Why is the pest there? What are they feeding on? How do we keep them out And so we look at all these factors that go along with this, including sanitation, exclusion, um, looking at water sources in some cases to prevent that from happening. And then when we need to, we use a limited amount of products in the right places, in the right spots. So we actually don't use a lot of product Mm. in the pest control industry, but we're using the right products in key spaces to be super effective. Um, in some cases, you know, we do have to use larger amounts. If, if you notice a house that's been tented for termites, I mm. mean, you know, the termites have obviously penetrated all areas, and so mm. we have to treat the whole house. But in a lot of cases, we can treat it when it's nice and small, it's easy, and we can be really localized and not use a lot. And that pest control company should be giving you, the customer, that information of, hey, do these things on your part, and we can reduce the amount of pests that we have here. Yeah, so it actually could be 
beneficial to my health to use you versus getting it off the shelf something and then spraying everything and maybe spraying the wrong places. I I think I've uh, (laughs) I've done that myself. (laughs) And not reading the label on the product. Yes. And the, the professionals do have options on better products than what you can buy in your local home goods store, which again means that they're able to apply less of that product and still have better results than what you may go out and get yourself. Yeah, less is more. Yeah. In many cases. I'm sure you've got horror stories. If if you've seen any then in your, you know, past that you've like, oh my goodness, boy, if they would have caught this earlier, it could have really made a difference and they didn't. Unfortunately, all the time, oh, really? people don't call me and say, Shell, come look at this. Everything's <laughs> perfect. No, I get called when, uh, yeah. Um, so I also work with the broader industry. A lot of uh, folks in the healthcare industry, hospitality, anything dealing with food, um, as an independent assessment of anything that may be going wrong and help them work with their pest control companies better. So um, one of the ones that, that was pretty bad, and not from a sense of like there were millions of insects that we had to deal with, but it was actually a hospital, and they were getting mm-hmm. small flies in an operating room, which, I mean, anything showing up in a, that's a place that's supposed to be a sterile operating room is not a good thing. And so we had to troubleshoot this and go in, um, figure out where they were coming from. And this was, I'm going to make this sound easy, like it just happened, but this took, you know, a few weeks for us to determine what was going on. But we eventually found it, and they were coming up through a vent Mm. into this operating room. So once we were able to troubleshoot that, we found the source, we were able to get to the source, we were able to, to do a lot of exclusion. We, we did a lot of work on those vents and their air handling system to make sure that not only did we take care of the problem, but that problem would not happen again. So, yeah, when you think of all the high-risk environments, nobody wants to go to a hotel with bed bugs. Mm-mm. Nobody wants to open up a, a bag of cereal and find bugs crawling in it. You know, there's a lot of high-risk areas out there, industries that – Again, we don't want these pests in there, so we want to make sure that we get those problems taken care of. And I can be that independent assessment to make sure that that happens. Fantastic. Shell, I want to thank you again for being on the show today. And it looks like, you know, if we ever have any of those little critters or pests, uh, definitely to our health benefit to call you a professional uh, to help. Or if there's a company out there that does pest control uh, to reach out to you so that you can help that team, uh, educate that team, give them the credits that they need, and make sure they're doing what they should be correctly. Absolutely. Yeah, it sounds fantastic. But before you go, let us know one more time uh, your contact information in case uh, one of our guests wants to reach out to you today. Sure. You can find me at my website, which is shellhartzer.com. It's C-H-E-L-L-E-H-A-R-T-Z-E-R. I'm on LinkedIn. Again, it's Shell Hartzer, and all of my contact information including my phone number and email, is available on my website. So reach out to me and talk. Thank you so much for being on our show today. So, I mean, both of you, I mean, one way or the other, you're there to help our health, our homes, and have better quality of life. And I think that's what we all want. So it's just great having both of you on. That was fantastic. All right. And now we're going to start uh, the uh, last portion of the show today. And uh, this is called Sales 123 with Gary Z. Uh, so this is where we have someone, uh, one of our radio listeners, uh, write in a sales question or a challenge they're facing. And I give them uh, some tips on that and uh, also how to overcome 
that particular challenge. Uh, today, this one was from Jonathan, and uh, Jonathan says, uh, he writes, uh, I had a really good meeting, or I get really good meetings with my prospects, and uh, they tell me, uh, just give me a call in a week or so, and I'm all excited, and I give them a call, and uh, I hear nothing. I just get crickets. Um, I just keep leaving voicemails, and they're not responding. Uh, Jonathan, I'm here to help you out on that one. Uh, by the way, uh, you know that's not unusual. That happens to a, a lot of people. And uh, it's called voicemail jail is what I call it. And the first thing you want to do when you go into jail is you want to get yourself out of it. And uh, that's what we want to be able to do today. And so here's a technique that may work. Um, first of all, uh, one of the things to remember when this is happening is it could be a counterfeit yes that they gave you. So they showed some interest. They said, oh, yeah, call me back. But they really weren't interested, Jonathan. They were just, uh, they didn't want to break your heart. They didn't want to say no. Uh, so they're just hoping that you won't follow up and that it'll all be forgotten or they plan on just doing that. They're not going to respond. Uh, it's possible. So one of the things that we can do is to vet that out is to simply uh, – close the file or offer to close the file in a really uh, nurturing way. And by doing that, that's more likely to get a response because it's psychological. Um, it's almost a loss of version is what they call it. When you take something away from someone, it could be anything. We have a tendency to want to fight back for that. And so that's kind of gets that into play. So a way you could respond is uh, it, you could respond to the person, hey, uh, you know, I've reached out to you a couple of times, a number of times. I've not heard back from you. I'm guessing uh, that a bigger priority has come along. Uh, it, it could be that you've gone in another direction. Uh, it could be something just changed. Uh, if you could just let me know, that would be helpful so I know what next steps we need to be looking at going forward. So that's a way of, of closing or kind of offering to close the file in a nurturing way. And uh, they may respond, and, and, and often they do, with an apology. Oh, yeah, yeah, we have had a priority. Or uh, someone in my family had COVID or whatever it might be, in which case then you can start the process of getting an actual appointment going and get the, get the wholesale rolling again. Uh, or they may say, yeah, you know, that another priority came up or we have gone in another direction. And they may say, that's it. And that's still a success, Jonathan, because what we don't want is that stuff in between, where we don't know if it's a yes or if it's a no. Uh, but this way we know uh, what, where they're standing. That means we can move on to someone who can actually do business with us. And that's really what we want to be able to do in these situations. And this works for about 35% of the time. And I've done workshops in the past where on lunch break, everyone would go off and, and call some of these people who were, you know, putting them in voicemail jail. And they would come back before the end of the break and say, yeah, they responded. And, and uh, yeah, yeah, they do want to do business. Or, yeah, they told me it's not something they want to do. But either way, it was a success. So next time you find yourself in voicemail jail, Jonathan, try this to get out. Thank you for tuning in to Simon Says Let's Talk Business 2.0. I am your host, Gary Zermelin, and feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. And until next time, good selling.